Are you excited to be here tonight? Been a long day, hasn't it? Been hot, been humid, been rough in the shop. It's been, uh, just wears you out, doesn't it? Oh, but I'm so excited to be here tonight. We had a rough night sleeping last night. I don't know about you, I can only speak for myself. I almost kept my wife up longer than I should have, and it's tossing and turning, had what was on my heart. Went home last night and sat in the study for just a moment and just tried to talk with the Lord. Sunday night's over. Lord, what do we do now? I can't go back and redo anything. We can't relive the service. That service is in the past. Lord, what do we do now? And the Lord brought one verse to me, and I struggled with that verse. I struggled that verse sitting there in my study and I went to verses here and verses there and verses everywhere all through the Bible. You know, it's a big book with a lot of verses in it, but when God points one out, all the other verses don't mean anything to you. Except that one that He wants you to see and and He wants, there's a reason for it. And no, I didn't want to see it. He kept bringing my heart back to it. And I kept saying, Lord, they've heard it all before. And you know what? Some of us have been in this for a long time. I've been in the Lord's house for 50 years. But you know what? I haven't heard it all. I still haven't heard it all. I still haven't been a part of it all. I still haven't been in that, that mode that I want to see everything yet. The Lord placed Proverbs uh, chapter uh, 29. And most of you already know where I'm going with this. Verse 18, on my heart last night. And no matter what I could do, I could not get away from this verse. I don't know why the Lord would have me to focus right here on this verse, but He opened my eyes to a lot of things last night. As we laid there in bed and we tossed from side to side and we prayed, have you ever fought with the Lord? I know some of you preachers know what I'm talking about. you got a certain message on your heart and you don't know which way to go with it. You don't know how to present it and you just fight with the Lord. I don't want to do this. But Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18, it starts out, Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now we've heard this, I've heard this for 50 years. But I've never quite took it to heart as I did last night. I've done some studying about a couple of words. Vision and perish. And I want you to see what Webster's 1828 dictionary has to say about the word vision. It says it's an experience in which a personage, thing, or an event appears vividly, credibly to the mind, although not actually present, often under the influence of a divine or other agency. Did you get what a vision is? A vision is not just me looking out uh, to you. You know, I've got a progressive vision. I can look up and down in my bifocals, and you, you guys are blurry, and you're clear all of a sudden. But I'm not talking about a vision with the eyes. I'm talking about a heavenly, divine vision tonight. Do you have a vision tonight? We read of uh, Elisha, or Elijah, Elisha, uh, when he was uh, surrounded by a Syrian army and him and his servant were there in the tent. His servant stuck his head out of the tent there. And when he did, he seen the Syrian army all around him and he was scared. He said, Master, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? 
Elisha prayed. His prayer wasn't deliver me. His prayer wasn't get these away from me. His prayer wasn't woe is me what I do now. His prayer was, Lord, open the eyes of this young servant that he may see. And that's my prayer tonight uh, because I want us to see that though we might be surrounded here tonight uh, by Satan and his army, there's a greater army that's around him. The Bible says that when he saw open his eyes by the vision that God gave him, that he seen a, a heavenly host and their chariots of fire surrounding him. And I want us to see that here tonight. God's children, I want us to have a vision tonight of what is surrounding us and, and what's surrounding them. And, and let us not uh, say, woe is me, we can't do this or we can't do that. But let us be excited as Elisha was to open the eyes of the young servants. He just wanted him to see something. Why? Because he knew without a vision the people perish. Without a vision the people perish. We sang some songs tonight. Mansion on a hillside. Brother Derek brought scriptures out tonight that told us that, that he went away to prepare a place for us. These are the visions that God should, should be holding on to. That, uh, that, uh, influence of a divine, uh, uh, person giving us that, that knowledge of knowing that, that when Jesus says, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, it should fire our hearts. It should ignite us. It should excite us. Uh, when uh, we read that, that He is the way, the truth, and the life, and you know Him in the free part of it, that should make us shout. Because we have a vision. We are seeing something. We are experiencing something. Do you know what happened when God saved my soul? I experienced God. <laughs> Do you understand that tonight? I had a vision. I didn't see him with my eyes. I didn't hear him with my ears. But I felt that drawing power when it came to me and I knew that I had to go somewhere. I couldn't see where I was going, but he directed me right to him. And when he did, I experienced God. Salvation is not just an experience of salvation. When you are saved by God's grace, you are experiencing God. If you're saved any other way, you're lost and separated from God. It's an experience. Jesus said you must be born again. Experience something that happens and changes. That word must is a necessity. It's a necessity that you experience God or you will never find salvation. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Revelation tells us as John talked about that new Jerusalem is coming down, he said there'd be no more sorrow, there'd be no more death, there'd be no more crying, and God should wipe away all the tears from our eyes. Why aren't we shouting? Why aren't we excited? Where's our vision tonight? It's been a long day. Been a long night. It's hot out. It's humid. My body's tired. I'm weak. But I just told you what's waiting for us. Brother Derek said, in my father's house there's many mansions. What that means, there's plenty of room for all of us. Where's our excitement at now? 
These are the things that without a vision, the people are perishing and our churches have lost the vision of where we're going and what He has done for us. And we need to regain that before we perish too far. And that's why we're here tonight. That's why I'm here tonight. I'm here to revive that vision that I got from God that night when He saved my soul. You know, when He saved my soul, I knew where I was going. I knew it. I knew what had happened. I knew that change was going to take me home. I had a vision. No, I didn't see him. I wasn't like Paul. I didn't see the bright light come down and hear a voice from heaven say, Why persecutest thou me? Why, why is it hard to kick against priests? I didn't hear these things, but I had a vision. I had a vision. An experience in which that event was so vivid in my mind. Was made so real to me. And you want to know what? All these years later, that's when I was 11 years old, I'm 50 now, do the math. But all these years later, it's still so real to me. That night when he saved my soul. What I seen and what I experienced was so real to me as an 11-year-old boy, is still as real to me today as a 50-year-old man. But we've lost sight of our vision. Our vision of where we're going to go. My aunt used to sing a song, The First Sight of Heaven. Do you ever think about what it's going to be like when you see that first sight? Thanks be to God, she's seen that first sight. And one day soon, and I mean very soon, I am going to too. We are only 50. Sure am. But once appointed a man to die, but then the judgment. I don't have a promise of tomorrow, but what I have a promise of is what God gave me when he saved my soul. That vision, that track that he put me on, that road that leadeth to heaven, that narrow gate that I went through with him in that straight road. It's the only way. That straight gate, it's a difficult way to get it through there. It is. Oh, but when you get through that straight gate, what you see and what you come to the knowledge of knowing is true is so so full of God's glory that you can't hardly contain it. Eyes have not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love Him. But if you continue reading on there, and I'm not going to quote it exactly, it tells us that the Spirit can show us these things, and we can have a taste of them things while we're here on earth. Paul even writes in Ephesians chapter 2 that we can sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he gave us a vision of where we're going and what he's done. When was the last time you just took a moment and studied the death of Christ? Do you understand It's because of that death that we are able to have a vision of salvation, an experience of salvation, knowing that it's true, and that's what's keeping us from perishing here tonight. 
The only thing that is stopping every individual in here from perishing tonight is Jesus Christ. It's the blood that was shed there on Calvary. It's the blood that washed away the sin. It wasn't the preacher. It wasn't the baptism. It wasn't the repeating of a prayer. It wasn't the acceptance of Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. It was the blood that was shed. And you need that vision tonight. God's children, we need that vision tonight. In remembrance of me, he said, do this. Take the Lord's Supper. This is the bread, my broken body that was broken for you. This cup is the blood that I shed for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Remembrance of what? His death for our sins. The sacrifice that he made. Oh, but Solomon didn't just leave it there about the vision, did he? He said, without that vision or experience, you will perish. What does perish mean? Perish means to suffer death. Suffer death. Typically, in a violent or a sudden or an untimely way. Then he goes a little bit deeper into it. He says to suffer a spiritual death. Brings a whole new meaning to that verse there in Proverbs chapter 29 or 28 verse 19. Without a vision, the people will all likewise perish. What did uh, Jesus say to Peter there uh, when he asked all the disciples, he said, who do you say that I am? Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He said, Blessed be thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. He's understanding and knowing that Peter had a vision. And that was the only way of keeping him from perishing. And that vision didn't come from the preacher. The vision didn't come from the church. He said, my father, which is in heaven, has showed you this. It's the only way that you will ever know. The only way. The only way you will escape a spiritual death is through the only one that has the life, which is Jesus Christ. It's the only way here tonight. God's children, our vision is gone. We have tunnel vision. And it's exactly whatever we want to do is what we are seeing and that's what we are portraying in our life. It's about time that we get a vision of hell and these lost children dying and burning in it. Last night I laid there awake as God just opened my eyes to my boys falling off into a devil's hell. And though I reached for him and reached for him, I couldn't do nothing to help them. Church, we are helpless tonight. And we need to realize that tonight. For there are lost souls here dying and going to hell right before our eyes. And it's important that we understand the vision of these dying and going to hell and get concerned about it. If we don't see it, if we don't have that experience ourselves with God, if we don't come in touch with God, we will not show our concern or be concerned. Without a vision, the people perish. These lost souls that were seeking last night, 
they're one moment closer to hell right now. One moment, one breath closer to hell's damnation tonight than they were last night. And at any moment, I don't think we really understand this or really, really portrayed in our life the way we live, but at any moment, God could take our last breath. Remember what Jesus said there in Revelation chapter 1? I hold the keys to death and hell in my hands. That means you have no power over death. It is in His hands, in His time, whether you're ready or not. Here He comes! I don't care how old you are or how young you are. I don't care where you're from. I don't care if you're male or female. I don't care if you're old or young. Only thing I do know for sure is the Bible gives us one for sure. Once it is appointed unto man to die, and your appointment might be this very moment, and then you will face him in judgment, and it will be past whether you're saved or not, separated or are joined or re- reconciled with him, and you'll either be with him or away. There will be no, wait a minute, Lord. Wait a minute, Lord. You remember that big mouth preacher that was up there? I couldn't get a word in edgewise. He was too loud. Wait a minute, Lord. My buddy was with me. I was too embarrassed. Wait a minute, Lord. The church wasn't moving the way you told me they should be. No, there will be no excuses when you stand before God. When you stand before God, you'll either stand lost or you'll stand saved. Therefore, where the tree falls, there will it lie. You'll either be lost throughout eternity or you'll be saved in His arms forever. What's it going to be tonight? Without a vision, you're going to perish. Without that experience with God, you are going to perish. And the experience isn't just salvation. The experience begins when the godly sorrow sets up your heart that brings you to that point of repentance. It's not on your own that you can repent. It's through and by the power of God that gives you that opportunity and that privilege to repent. I had a man one time ask me, so what do I repent? What do I do? And you want to know what I can tell you? I don't know. I don't know. Repent of your sins. What sins? I don't know. But I do know one thing. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 tells us, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. The very next verse, he says, In all our ways acknowledge Him. Who's Him? God. And He will direct our path. When God draws you, when you feel that convicting power in your heart, if you acknowledge that it is God, and you acknowledge that you can't do it, but He can, He will direct your path right to Him. It's not an act of you doing anything. It's not an act of me doing anything. It's all about Him. He draws, uh, He accepts your repentance, He saves. And in between there, He helps you to believe and repent. Without a vision, the people die. Without a vision, without an experience, without a knowledge of God, people die and go to hell. Eternally, separated from God. Is that what you want tonight? If that, if that is, I can't stop you. If that's what you truly want tonight, if you truly want to die and go to hell, I cannot stop you. And God has said, I will not force you not to do it. He said, but I'll, I'll open my arms and say, come unto me. 
if you choose not to, it's your choice. John chapter 3, verse 18. He that believeth is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the only begotten Son of God. Not because God didn't give an opportunity. Not because the church didn't open the doors. Not because I didn't uh, have a good day. But it's because he did not believe. And that word believe means that uh, I have confidence in trusting in the Son of God. You've rejected Jesus Christ if you walk away here lost and separated from him. You have rejected him. And he still is saying, come unto me. The Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ came in this world to seek and to save those who are lost. We you know what he's doing in the year 2021? He is still seeking to save those that are lost. But without a vision, you'll perish. You, you, the ones here tonight that are lost, give me your ear for just a few moments longer because I, I want you to understand something. You must see the urgency of the emergency in order to find the hope that lies in me. You must see uh, the, the desperation that you're in right now. You must see uh, where you stand in the sight of God. And if you don't find Him, you must see and understand and know that you will spend an eternity separated from Him in hell's damnation. And I can't show you that. Brother Derek hit the nail on the head a little bit ago when he says, don't look at the man. But hear what the Lord has to say to you. (laughs) God the Father said, this is my son. Hear ye him. Tonight, is the Spirit speaking to you? Church, is the Spirit speaking to you? He who hath an ear, let let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Is, is God showing you a vision tonight? Is He giving you something? Is He wanting to be experiencing you? Are you just ready to go home and go to bed? What are we doing here tonight? Where's our vision? Because as far as I know, I know of at least three, and there might be more, but just three that I know of that have said they're lost and separated from God that is sitting among us tonight. Church, they might not be back tomorrow night. Do you realize that? Whether they live or not, whether they die or not, they still might not be here tomorrow night. Brother Gary asked prayers for Jordan. Where's she at? She's been here many times, hasn't she? But she's not here tonight, is she? Church, these lost ones might not be here tonight or tomorrow. They might not be here the next night. So I ask again, are we willing to fight to have the vision that we need that they may not perish? That we would show them by our love and consideration towards them, wanting to see them say that God is so real and that He is a God of love, but at the same time, He's a God of wrath. And that there will come a time that they die lost and separate from God, that they will hear them words depart from me, workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And they'll be cast off into hell's damnation forever. I know that's not what we want. And I know we can't make them seek God. Oh, but we make them want what we got by just giving God honor and glory, by praising Him. I remember one thing growing up. 
there at fellowship. I remember, a lot of people remember how the church was full. I don't really remember how the church was full. There's a lot of people there. But what I remember, and one that sticks out very uh, point blank to me is Brother Nathan York. I remember him shouting the praises of God all over the church house. Preaching when he says he wasn't preaching. I remember him, and this always stands out to me, knocking off a globe of one of the lights that was hanging on the wall, one of the lanterns, and didn't miss a beat. Continued. As they cleaned up the glass, he continued to preach when he said he wasn't preaching. I remember Sister Helen Perigo calling me at home. At home. That's my place, not hers. But she was concerned. She had a vision and she wanted to see me saved and she'd call me up. She, mom would get me on the phone and she'd say, Scotty, have you been saved? I said, no. She said, why not? And I couldn't answer. I don't remember the big crowds. Yeah, I know our churches used to be full at times. Oh, but what I remember was people serving God, praising Him. There's still a man that I do not know his name, but I can see his face, but I can't even hardly describe him. But I can remember the night, the day that I realized there was something different about them that, that I didn't have. He walked with a cane and could hardly walk. But that day, God got a hold of him and that cane was over here and he was over there. He was praising God. Do we try to figure out service too much? What did the blind man say? He said, the only thing I can tell you, whether this man's a sinner or not, the only thing I can tell you is I once was blind, but hey, guess what? Now I can see. That's what he knew. You don't have to have big elaborate words to praise God. You don't have to uh, go into great uh, theological sermons to praise God. only thing you got to do is tell the world what you know. I passed from death into life. I can't tell you how i done it, but I know who done it for me. I can't explain to you how he saved my soul, but I can tell you the one that did. And he's not sitting back there. It wasn't my dad. It wasn't my mom. It was the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I thank them for their vision of taking me to hear the gospel over time and time again. Even when I didn't want to go, I still had to go. And in that one night, that one night there at Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, on a Saturday after Thanksgiving during our revival, God spoke to me. I knew there was something different between everyone else and me at the age of nine. But sitting there at the front pew of the Amen corner, there that night at the age of 11, God spoke to me. Elder Don Watts was preaching that night, but he didn't say a word. God spoke to me. He just read God's word and my eyes were open. 
He read there in Revelation where the pale horse and he who uh, rides upon it was death and hell followed after him. And God opened my eyes and gave me a vision that experienced to him that that was me he was coming after. And it wasn't coming after me very slow, but he was getting faster with every second to come off the clock. It wasn't Don Watts. It wasn't Fellowship Church. It was God that spoke to me. And if you're going to have the vision of your dying and going to hell, it's going to be God that opens your eyes tonight. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be faith church. It's going to be God. And only God. If it's done by anything else, if you're seeking God because mom and dad want you to, you're not going to find Him. If you're seeking God because God has showed you you need to seek Him, He said, come unto me. He said, come unto me. If God is drawing you tonight, and it's not just all about emotions, Oh, it's not about emotions. I don't, and some people might argue with me. If I don't see a tear out of your eye, I'm not worried about it. But that heart will have to be broken and that spirit will have to be contrite for you to be saved. It will have to be the understanding and the knowledge that you're a sinner in the sight of God will break the heart of lost men. And only God can give you that tonight. Where the vision is, without it, you want to perish. Without God opening your eyes tonight as He did David there in the 116th Psalm. Let's just turn there. Let's just turn there. 116th Psalm. David said, I love the Lord because He has heard my voice and my supplication. Because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon Him as long as I shall live. Now David's praising the Lord right here, but he's getting ready to show him what God done. He's getting ready to tell him about the vision that God showed him, the experience he had with God. He said, the sorrows of death can pass about me. Death is a separation. I don't know if you paid attention much in church or not, but we talk about being lost and separated from God. David's eyes were open. When he talks about that death compassed him, surrounding him, uh, being all around him, he's talking about a separation. There was nothing there for him. He was separated from God Almighty. And God had opened His eyes to see this. And it wasn't just a little separation. You know, right now I can see my boy right there. We're a little bit separated by some distance here, but I can still get to him. No, God showed David that that separation had compassed all around him. That he was truly in darkness, separated from everything. And there was nothing he could do except to call on the Lord. He said, the sorrows of death can pass me. The pains of hell got hold upon me and I found trouble and sorrow. The reality of knowing that he was a lost sinner in the sight of God had hit him. Reality smacked him right across the face and he understood that he was lost and separated from God and that hell was going to be his eternal destination. I don't like calling it an eternal home because it's not. It's an eternal destination made for the devil and his angels and you're going to go there if you reject God just as he rejected God. But I'm here to tell you, David's eyes were open. Where in this scripture do you read that the preacher came and told David that he was separated from him? Where do you read where the preacher said that he was, uh, the pains of hell is going to get a hold of you? He didn't. God opened his eyes here. God gave him that, that vision, that experience. You must experience being lost before you can ever experience being found. It's the only way. You must. It's a necessity. If you never experience being lost, you'll never experience being found. You must. And that's what David did here. The pains 
of hell got hold upon him. He understood and knew that it was out of his hands. He couldn't do nothing that he was separated from the only one that could help him. And he knew there was only one other thing to do. He said in the very next verse, Then I called upon the name of the Lord. Not just, hey you, you up there God? Hey, can you hear me now? I'm, I'm, I'm in a little pinch here. I feel this pain here. Can you, can you take that away? That's not what David said. Listen to his words. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. That word beseech means he, he begged him. He begged him with all that he had because he came to the understanding and the knowledge that hell was his eternal destination and that he was separated from the only one that could help him and all he could do was cry out. Have you ever been separated from someone and you can't see them but you know you might be able to hear them if you holler and they holler back? Oh, I've been there. I've been there. Been out in the woods and pitch black and, and knew Brother Ron was on the other side but couldn't find him or couldn't see him but I knew if I hollered he was there. And he would hear me. Uh, but when God uh, showed me that I was lost and separated from God, only thing I could do was cry out to him that he would hear my cry. Seek after him. Beg him for that deliverance from that vision of me perishing and knowing that I couldn't do nothing on my own. Tonight, if you're going to get saved, you are going to have to become a beggar before you can become a millionaire. You're going to have to beg God for that peace that passes all understanding. You're going to have to beg God for that joy unspeakable and full of glory. And I'm not going to be one that tells you you'll know when you're saved. You will know when you're saved, but there's a dramatic difference. There is. David right here, uh, he was talking about that pains of hell, that separation. It brought him to that point where he cried upon the Lord, begging him. He knew that there's a pain and a sorrow, a burden upon him. And you can tell when you've been saved, when Jesus said, you pass from death into life, he wasn't kidding. You pass from death unto life. You were once dead and you're made alive. That vigor, that that uh, revitalization of your soul goes back into motion and you can feel it beating in you. I'm telling you here today, I heard it all my life. The missionary Baptists were bad about saying it. How do I know you're saying, oh, you'll know. Some of the most discouraging words I ever heard in my life. It was, it was. I, I begged uh, Elder Calvin Perry to just tell me I'm saved. I did. I said, just tell me I'm saved. I'm tired of hearing you'll know. And you know what? You will know, but you'll know because there will be a change that takes place in your heart. A change. Paul referred to it as being made a new creature. He said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. A difference has been made. You know when there's a change. Hey, you, I know, you, and I'm going to say this, and everyone, you probably going to amen. You can tell when I'm talking softly, and you can tell my voice raises. There's a change in it, right? Same way with salvation. That trouble, that sorrow, that burden that's in there. When God saves that soul, it's gone. It's removed. Your cup will run over and it'll run over so much you will not be able to know what to do with it. Oh, but it'll run over and you will feel that joy that's unspeakable and full of God's glory. 
you will know. Not just because the preacher or mom and dad said you'll know. You'll know because God will change you. You'll look the same probably. You know, I wish, I wish that, that outward man might change a little bit. Could have left some of the hair there and stuff. But you know what? The soul, what God changed, will never deteriorate. What God changed became perfect by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And no one can touch that or change that. And it will not change anymore. It is sealed forever. God is the keeper of my salvation. And it will not change. But let's read on real quick. Time's gotten way far away from me. I'm sorry. But listen. He talked about crying out to the Lord. Lord, deliver my soul. And in the very next verse, says, gracious is the Lord. Something happened there, didn't it? Hey, he was just begging God to deliver his soul. And now all of a sudden he's saying, gracious is the Lord. Salvation's like that. I'm telling you, it is when you're saved just like that. I once was lost. I once was blind. Now I can see. I once was lost, but now I'm found. It's just that quick. When you meet the conditions of God right then and there, God saves your soul. And you know it. And your name is written down in the Lamb's book of life forever. He said, oh, gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, oh, Lord. Our God is merciful. (laughs) You don't deserve it. Do you understand that tonight? None of us in this room here tonight, none of us in this world, both past, present, or future to come, deserve salvation. What we truly deserve is a devil's hell. That's what we truly deserve. We truly deserve eternal separation from God. We truly deserve eternal separation from the love of God. We truly deserve the wrath of God. But Jesus took the wrath upon Himself there at Calvary that we could taste the love of God. Merciful is God. The Lord preserveth, keepeth the simple. He said, I was brought low, and he helped me. God helped him. Not the preacher, not the prophet Nathan. God helped him. Tonight, you're not here by yourself. We can't do anything, but he can do everything. God can do and supply what you need here tonight. He said, return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord had dealt bountifully with thee. For thou hast delivered my soul from death, mine eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. He talked about that change, didn't he? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no experience with God, eternal souls die separated from God. The spiritual death. Tonight, I want to encourage you as God's children to follow God. I know we're tired. I know I was long. You don't have to tell me I know it. Betty Jo didn't give me the cutoff sign, so blame her. But listen, in all seriousness, tomorrow's not going to come. You know that? Tomorrow's not going to come. Well, how do I know that? I don't. But how do you know it is? You see, when we start living our life like tomorrow's not going to come, and today's our last opportunity to tell these lost souls to seek God, 
to show them that God is real in our life and that salvation is something to be excited about and shout about it and praise God about. Tomorrow might not ever come. It's time God's children start realizing that, that we have no promise of tomorrow. Like I said, I told you, I can tell you three that I know of here tonight. And I don't know all of them. There might be more. But there's three that I know here tonight that have said they're lost and separated from God. Where's your vision, God's people? Is it on the clock? Are we worried about what time we're going to get to bed? I hope I have another sleepless night tonight. I do. I do. I hope we have a rough day tomorrow trying to focus upon work because we're focusing on God. But I hope tonight we work in labor. I hope tonight we work in labor no matter how tired the body is. God called you for a purpose. Called you out of this world and saved your soul for a purpose. To honor and glorify Him. Church, let's do that. Lost soul, I want to beg you. And if I knew it would do any good, I'd get down the floor right now on my hands and knees and actually beg you. But you don't need to come because of me. You need to understand and know that Jesus said come. He has given the invitation to you tonight. Here in a moment, I want us to have a song. I'm not going to have an altar call tonight. I want to have a come to Jesus call. Tonight, whether you pray at your seat or whether you pray at the altar, it doesn't matter what the bench is like, if it's longer or shorter. What matters is you get to the throne of grace. That's what matters that you meet Jesus one-on-one and you go one-on-one with the great one and no one else. And you touch the throne. And when you do, you're going to know it. You're going to know it. And it's not just because I'm saying that to be discouraging, but you're going to know it because God's going to change you. God's going to change you. I could tell you about some of the testimonies of some of the people in here one that really just sticks out to me, and I'm not going to tell her testimony, but it was when Sister Jess came in on that Wednesday night there at Fellowship Church. Wasn't even thinking about her being saved. Wasn't even thinking about her seeking God. That shows you how bad shape I was. She came in, she told us that she'd been saved. The glow upon her face. Do you remember what it is to see a lost person saved, that glow, that excitement? You know you once had that? Yeah, every one of us have been saved by God's grace. It's time we polish it up, isn't it? We glow a little bit more with excitement. I remember the night Brother Monty Botkin told Fellowship, it must be something about Wednesday nights over at Fellowship. On a Wednesday night, came in and told the church, the church already thought he was saved. I knew different because he already told me. Church thought he was going to announce his call to preach. But he got up and he told him about God getting a hold of him, showing him that he was lost and that he saved his soul there at his house. God not changed. He's here tonight. He wants to save you tonight. It's a Monday night. Blow your mind. God can save you on a Monday night.
God can save you on other nights besides Sunday. If you have not been saved or if you think you've been saved and you're not sure, God can open your eyes. and He can show you. That's my wife. I'm going to let go. Looks like Brother Craig's got something.